but you know what the there was did anybody catch that part about the phoenix by chance there was a little bit of a lore bit in there it was a confirmation by the way do you remember when i was like i hypothesize that we've all talked about this right we said what do we think brought people back? He specifically told us on there, he dropped the hint, he dropped the actual answer to why the divine gateways actually opened. It was confirmation. There wasn't, it wasn't a hint or speculation. It was a direct acknowledgement of what it is. It wasn't long after leaving the encampment that the Pathfinder and his companions spotted creatures unlike any they had seen before. The creatures had seen them and quickly charged towards them, and it was clear a battle would commence. The Pathfinders knew the way of combat, and soon these creatures would know their might. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your trusted and dedicated Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg, and I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back, Half Tilt. Hey, how's it going, folks? And very cozy today, Faisal. How you doing? Uh, I'm always cozy. You are. <laughs> and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome in today. We got Grim's Forge. Welcome in, Grim. How hey. you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. Now you're here. You're not a, a an active member, kind of community uh, content creator or anything here in the uh, Ashes of Creation community. Uh, but I actually know you from a podcast that you do called The Three Skeevers. Uh, I cover the Elder Scrolls Online specifically, but we also had a really good conversation around Ashes of Creation the last time I joined you on that podcast. And it's going to be very interesting today to have you here because, well, we're talking about combat today. And that's something I know that you've you really enjoyed chatting about. And that's something that you were wanting to talk about when we had a, a show together here on the Pathfinder podcast. So this is going to be a good one. Um, now, before we dig in too far. Got to give a shout out to who? AshesHQ.com. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> You're already going to answer for me. I should try that next time to see like if people can regurgitate the exact same thing I say or not. <laughs> see what, what happens. But yes, AshesHQ.com, the community curated website for all things Ashes of Creation, which by the way, the entire first iteration of that website is now complete. It's rocking. I got to give a shout out to Linris. And to Snoop Loops, who have helped me to curate several of the pages, get the information for it. Uh, I would probably not have gotten it done in time for Alpha One had that not have happened. Mm -hmm. And also a shout out to Superwife, who's been helping to go through and do an edit on all of it to make sure, well, that it actually reads well, like grammar's looking good. And not all kinds of like 3 a.m. Sim was rushing to get a page done and make sure that it looked right and did, definitely didn't get it right. Um, also to everybody who's an Imperial Flame, which are the supporters here on Twitch, Patreon, YouTube. Thanks for keeping the flames bolstering greater week after week, friends. We don't have any call-ins today. Don't have any reviews, but if you want to do a review, you can uh, go to iTunes. It's pinned to the top of our Twitter, at Ashes Pathfinder. You can also call into 1539-664-6801. Leave us a message that we can play here on the show. And uh, friends, why don't we just dig in? We, in typical format, Grim, usually let someone who's new to the podcast kind of tell us their Ashes of Creation origin story. 
And essentially what that means is, uh, how'd you hear about the game? What about it interests you? Um, just kind of overall, what intrigues you about it? And, and maybe if you're planning on content, um, or anything like that, what that might look like. Yeah. Um, so ashes of creation has been on my radar. Um, obviously for a while now um but i'm i'm not uh in the content creating like i don't have access to the stuff that you guys do so you get all the cool stuff um so i'm just kind of uh waiting right now i, I probably will do content on ashes of creation i'm currently doing content on elder scrolls online and um i train pvpers and um stuff and yeah so i was a beta tester for elder scrolls um mm -hmm. online a beta tester for uh final fantasy 11 and final fantasy 14 and so and then i played wow for probably seven eight years so just mm -hmm. kind of bouncing around playing games so right on man hitting on some of the ones that i've been playing or have played as well so it's gonna be really good reference points i think for what we're talking about here today um, definitely, uh, check out the three skeevers if you're into MMORPG discussions, because even though it might be around the Elder Scrolls online, it definitely covers more than that. And, uh, it was a really good time being on that show. And I have a feeling today's going to be just as good having you here over on our side. So man, y'all, what's the big news of today? I don't know anybody, anybody by chance happen to know what we might be talking about on this podcast. Basil, it's like already giggling and laughing, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There, there might be some alpha going on. I don't know. I don't know hey. All, but... oh, right. There's an alpha, alpha testing. Drops. That actually happened. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know, a few hundred thousand people watching live streams all weekend long in the Ashes of Creation category here on Twitch has been uh, mm -hmm. pretty spectacular. It has been. Yo, you know how many I've, you know, I've racked up about 30 hours of, uh, streaming this game this weekend you know that right the past two days 30 nice. freaking hours man don't ask me and uh i guess i should probably say uh to my fiance mel thank you for being so understanding <laughs> of me right now <laughs> she's very supportive definitely appreciate her um you know wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't be able to keep my head to the grindstone without that's for sure um so yeah. those those are rookie numbers what well, what, what do you mean 30 <laughs> Those are rookie, saying, numbers. rookie numbers. How many hours have you covered the game this weekend, Faisal? Go. I've been playing for three days. Three days straight, no sleep. No, no, no. I, I wasn't do that. The only like, actually, shout is. out to Fane because Fane has been streaming for two mm -hmm. days straight for forty-eight. He hours. did forty-eight hours. That's, that's honestly, that's respect. Right. He broke the record, which you know who had the record previously, don't you? I mean, I had 24 hours, 25 hours on my part, so... 36. <laughs> I've done 36 Oof. hours straight previously. <laughs> yeah, 36 well, hours straight. This old man can't do that. I can't do that anymore. That was a while back. That was like 2018-ish during Apocalypse, but technically we could call that Ashes of Creation Apocalypse, but it was still the Ashes of Creation category. But yeah, 48 hours is nuts, man. That's something you can only do if you, uh, I don't know, are cautious, careful, pace yourself, super important, health concerns can happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yo, why don't we talk about something else? We're going to, we're going to talk about combat today. We're going to talk about our experiences with alpha testing. Why don't we just go back and start with a few things first? We got some reference points to their past live stream. We might hit on, they do tie into combat. We'll, we'll bring that back around, but we'll start off with 
uh, well, Stephen went on Asmogold's now all craft <laughs> show. And he was on there for what two hours, I think, straight. Now I, I did get to watch it all, luckily, because there is not a transcript that I'm aware of out there. So I'm really glad that I was able to actually manage to watch it that day. Yeah. Um, but did you all have any thoughts or feedback related to that? I got one main takeaway. I said I was going to specifically share when I started streaming on Friday for the Alpha One, or no, sorry, Thursday for the LFM podcast, and I was like. Mm -hmm talking about it and i said there is something around ashes i want to talk about but i'm saving it for the sunday show because it's ashes of creation related i'm a nerd out about it a little bit but i'll let you all kind of talk if you watched it if you're aware of it you heard anything about it any takeaways for you all i've definitely got a few right here chalked up in my brain to share but any thoughts mm. honestly as as a whole, from a people's perspective, to the NDA dropping and looking the game uh, mechanics and how it looks and everything, I genuinely um, did not think they would be like as accepting as they were. Like it's most of most of the people's reactions were positive. Yeah. From what what I saw, and and honestly, I bet I bet the the ashes team like crunched the, the the last like week before the nda drops to to actually fix all the bugs so yeah like mad, mad respect yeah <laughs> it's gone really smoothly this task like i was launcher issue is fine that's one thing but like just overall server stability and performance felt really good. I know I only got to play the Friday. I, I, I haven't played the last couple of days, so I don't know if it got worse those last couple of days. But yeah, it was just really, really good. And it shows that the team was, they were always there when something was going on, giving reports and just hard at it. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've definitely got some reference points. Anything from, uh, from you, though, Daedalus? Um, I unfortunately I didn't get a chance to catch the the stream um, uh, from Asmongold, but just in terms of like just echoing what the feedback was, I did try to catch some other streams kind of off and on just to see what the feedback was like. And I agree. I mean, it was you know obviously there are issues like with any alpha they had their fair share of issues, but it like all in all was really super positive. People were really excited asking a lot of questions um, and really just genuinely energized, which was a really great thing. I think, you know, a lot of the feedback before from community was, you know, disappointment when things got delayed, but, you know, as you, as evidence from this weekend i think that was totally the right call i think it played well i mean steven did the rounds on some you know large streaming like um you know people and and really did a great job i think the team especially and even just like little things that i noticed as i was testing this morning is just you know there's just so much integration with bug reports and just really good for an early alpha honestly it just felt really mm -hmm. smooth how they set things up like even when i had issues like i would have 
an issue, I would need to log out, come back in. And I, you know, was like, I had a fall through the world bug a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. within a few seconds of me logging back in, I'm like, oh man, I lost my my character. And then all of a sudden I, the loading screen would come up and I would be at a spawn point and I didn't even have to do anything. So it's mm-hmm. just little things like that that keep the testing moving that I think was really, really good um, yep. for me. Can I just say too, that Allcraft episode, man, I, I've been looking forward to naval content since I set my sights on this game. And that episode really lit another, well, I'll say fire, but it's going to get put out in the, in, in the water. But yeah, I am super stoked for some more naval content. Steven really seemed to hype that up. And, and yeah, I hope there's definitely some good bow sliders as well for my boat creation. Mm-hmm. Did you catch the uh, bit there? And I don't know, Grim. Did you by chance happen to catch it? So I've been out of state um, oh, right. traveling right for work, that. and I drove right into um, our Three Skeevers podcast and jumped right <laughs> from our Three Skeevers <laughs> podcast into this one. So I'm I'm so out of the loop. Uh, as soon as you start talking combat, I'm there though. That's funny. <laughs> That's all. That's funny because yeah, we were. That's part of the reason we were running a little bit behind today. It was like it was it, it was one thing to another. So and and to be fair, I uh, I was I was working real hard to catch up on some sleep. Um, but you know what? The there was. Did anybody catch that part about the phoenix by chance? There was a little bit of a lore bit in there. It was a confirmation, by the way. Do you remember when I was like, I hypothesize that. We've all talked about this, right? We said, what do we think brought people back? He specifically told us on there, he dropped the hint. He dropped the actual answer to why the divine gateways actually opened. It was confirmation. There wasn't, it wasn't a hint or speculation. It was a direct acknowledgement of what it is. It's because the Phoenix is back. It's because the avatar of the Phoenix or the goddess of creation's avatar is back and the sparks reignite the gateway or re open the gateway he actually said that i was sitting there the whole time listening and then he said that i was like oh shit confirmed out of the entire podcast it was great don't get me wrong i loved it all but it was mostly information that those of us who are really you know devout followers of the game and everything we know most of that already it was a super good presentation for anybody that didn't know about ashes and they did Mm -hmm. an amazing job of like essentially just giving him the floor to just go on and talk about all of it. It was on his birthday. He was there on his birthday doing it. Like, so he, he, yep. he had the, he was on his a game and he rocked it, man. He was straight up honest, <clears throat> gave his perspectives, didn't sugarcoat anything dug in just like we always expect of him. Right. But when I heard that, I was like, Oh shit. Confirmed baby. It is. <laughs> It is. And then I thought to myself, you remember that tree we talked about? How I was like, I think that's the Phoenix. I think the Phoenix is the tree. It all makes sense. It ties into like even our own mythology here on planet Earth and how we tend to 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 go about, you know, playing things out, whatever, in our own mythology. But it was really cool because I'm like, you remember how like there was like artwork of like people approaching this tree or whatever? I'm just like kind of tying into that. And I'm just like going, is that like, was that supposed to be during the APOC period? Or was that like sometime in between 
then and like now so anyway more questions so, so what? Are, you not, are you not sure it's it's not um don't just try, don't, a, like a birthday birthday candle for for steven's birthday don't try to taint no. my don't try to taint my experience and stuff don't try to taint the war don't try to I'm ruin not, it like I'm not that. Tainting anything what the hell's wrong with you Basil? i'll do you one better i'll do you one better sim because oh. actually the original phoenix artwork thank you um has roots in it yes that's the very bottom mm -hmm. so yeah definitely reinforces that point yeah exactly yes there you uh -huh. go uh -huh. but that's actually not even the original the original no. that they had on their website mm -hmm. when they it first came out um there was roots at the bottom and i'll have to dig up that um that graphic but it it's definitely i there. got you i got you i did this thing where i'm doing a giveaway that's it that's it. You yep. can't see the bottom as well right now, but there's a clip of this. There's a damn clip where we talked about this with Lore Seeker Cash from the 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 Lore Seekers podcast when we had him on and we I totally did that overlay of the art and of the tree and the phoenix and they just aligned perfectly and I'm going, dude, I'm calling it. I mean, with Steven's comment, I'm calling it, man. 100% what. You got something Faisal? Nothing. Okay. Nothing okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just like, what? It's what? Like Already. <laughs> okay. 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 That is a pretty big key piece of of missing information, though. That is. That ties a lot together. Yes. And that's now we understand the how yes. we get back. Yep. The why is still going to come a little bit more, but mm -hmm. I think that has now become a little bit more obvious. That. Yep. You know, the corruption has probably settled down long enough that the goddess of creation was able to regain her strength until she was ready to be reborn. And this is the moment. Yeah, so it was a great confirmation. It's like, you know, it was like how many years we went going without an actual solid answer of like, so what caused the gateway to open? I mean, people were like going, is it the ancients? Is it the blah, blah, blah? Is it the stuff that drove us away and all this? We, And now we're like, it's the phoenix is the reason mm -hmm, mm -hmm. has risen from the ashes there you go perfect awesome that was it that was my biggest takeaway the rest of it was great it was but that was my biggest takeaway because it answered a big question and with that being said look experiences and testing here you go grim you're going to get to kind of absorb all of whatever we we talk about here with our testing experience you're going to get to kind of absorb all that pose your questions yourself Gentlemen, testing, we know this isn't a content test for this alpha. This is a technical yep. alpha. This is not a content alpha. This is a technical alpha. Mm -hmm. Based on your experience in this technical alpha, mm -hmm. pros, cons, biggest takeaways, have they delivered on what their framework and outline of what they were trying to showcase was? In no particular Absolutely. order. Absolutely. I mean, I, I got in, um, I got in early this morning and just spent a few hours in there. I mean, I actually, I had a really cool community experience too. I mean, I just created a level one mage. I was running around doing the starter quest and some, somebody just randomly and shout out to my boy, Uno, whoever that was, I was incognito, so they didn't know who I was, but I got a, a horse in my inventory thanks to that very cool player. And I was I was ecstatic. It was like 
the perfect like initiation experience to have and it just like set it on fire for me for the rest of the time no matter what happened i was in such a great mood with that test and and i definitely saw some bugs reported some bugs but generally i think things were pretty smooth i played a mage didn't you know have like any like major issues in terms of just using different skills the combat felt actually a little more polished for me than prior tests um definitely they worked on optimizing um and i could see that too but overall i think it was a really solid experience for an alpha test uh i i didn't see any stability issues i noticed just looking at the discord servers were kind of up and down when they needed to do things with him but it didn't necessarily feel like there was any like major issues with the test and even just watching some of the streams they were all really smooth um that i saw so yeah overall i think it was a really good experience i think they hit the mark it was definitely a great first impression dropping the nda Uh, yeah, my, my impression is going to be a long one, so go, go for it, Tough Tilt. Yeah, <laughs> either one. Uh, yeah, I was going to very much echo what uh, Dalis was saying. It, it, it felt like it was the right time. And, you know, before coming into this um, test leading up to the days, the big question was, is now the time for the visual NDA to lift? Should they delay it? Because xyz reasons and i was of the standpoint of if not now when like it it's time to rip off the band-aid we're about as good as it's going to get unless we get into a star citizen level of okay we need to keep fixing this or improving this and improving this and you'll never get there tomorrow never comes kind of thing so i think from that standpoint this test went really really well and i was very impressed with the server performance i was very i i very much enjoyed that this wasn't a rushed test like all the ones that we've been doing have been to kind of get you you get a couple hours to run around level up gather some materials kill things and then you're all going to get max level and a bunch of gold and we just go do siege this time i i ran around and just explored the world i think i only got up to like level six i played for close to five hours but i explored a lot of the world i found a lot of things that reported some bugs and genuinely just got to experience a lot more of what the game was about and it really just made me fall in love that much more and then i don't since i only got to play friday i sat down last night for 20 minutes half an hour and i just started scrolling through twitter searching mm -hmm. ashes of creation and just reading all the different comments from anyone and everyone that i could come through and everything was really really positive the only negativity i found around this at all was the 500 barrier to entry um, and some people just not really accepting mm -hmm. the reasoning for that. And it's like, well, we've talked about that a million times, so I'm not going to yeah. go into it. But yes. genuinely, the, the positivity around how the game looked and uh, hope and excitement for what the game is coming in the future is so incredible. And I couldn't be happier for that. And I'm really excited because that it's just going to validate Intrepid's and all of those developers and programmers and everybody working there at the studio, their efforts, their countless hours. It's just, it's got to feel validated and feel amazing to them. And that's awesome. Yeah, man. Grim? Well, Grim didn't really get to test. 
Yeah. So this is this is all you. It's your time to shine, Bunny Man. Yeah. So so okay, I'm I'm gonna talk to you before the, they they lift the NDA. Now I will, I was honestly worried for Ashes of Creation because they had uh, a lot of bugs that needed to be fixed, at least main core bugs that needed to be addressed before they actually release released the NDA. One of them, um, I didn't mind the performance; it was fine. I thought it was okay. Um, before the NDA, they had a bug where if you ride your mount twice, you would get teleported back to a certain, uh, certain place in the map. And that just killed questing or, uh, trying to complete the quest because all of their quests are from, um, needs, uh, at least a travel time, of like five minutes between each quest and, and not having a mount to rely on it was, was like a killer for me um three would be sieges sieges had to be addressed as well because you had a lot of uh, dipping in performance you also had glitches we fell through the floor it's not not even sieges alone even in the world we have countless of dips uh like a lot of bugs that uh essentially were kind of a little bit game-breaking. Uh, even doing some of the raids, they would either creep through the ground, not saying that they haven't uh, in this test, but it's a lot less now. And that's well, when they addressed all that, is it's like, it's between like, say, it's like night and day <laughs> when, they, when they released the NDA. And, I, and it was a sigh of relief because, um, it took my worries away because I'm being so passionate about the game. I want this to succeed and I want to see my hard work, their hard work and testing this game as a beacon or a, not, not even a beacon, just so people could realize the passion of us all and trying to deliver a nice video game at the very end of the day. And, and testing, now I'm gonna talk after testing, we're talking about performance, performance increased. Most of the quests work. Some of the quests are a little bit buggy, but it's fine. It can be fixed later. We haven't tested sieges. Hopefully today at night, maybe we'll test it. Maybe, I'm not sure. But if we get to test it, I assume they, 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 they fixed a lot of things. Um, they, we, they, they did a lot of balancing issue. Um, issue fixes, like they try to balance between the cleric tank and mages. So mages don't be overpowered and have machine gun ones everywhere. Um, what's it called? And, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty nice to see all, all the nice comments that they wrote for ashes of creation. It's really nice to see how supportive they were. Even though there's a couple of people who, who are still in that doubt, but the majority was is is the successor at the at the, at the very end of the day. So I kept hopping from server to server. So I have a like buttload of characters that are from level six to level ten, <laughs> and like most of the servers, <laughs> just playing with the community uh, around the discords, uh, from Discord to Discord to to the Ashes Discord itself. If you hop in there, you can play with other people as well. You know, so it was a great test. You know, Paige, I gotta say that's a very interesting perspective. I found the most interesting part of that perspective is that you said you hopped everywhere. 
Is that you said you hop from server to server from yes, yes, character to character. <laughs> I'm I'm catching a theme well, here. Right. I don't feel like it's all just me. I just uh, no, it's great. I accept you. You forgot the social aspect of that hopping too, uh, because that was implied. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Hip hop, a hippity hop hop. What? Okay, fine. Okay, I'm gonna give a little bit. Grim, you're like, what do they mean? It's like, there's a clip. I'll have to share it with you later. You'll you'll enjoy it. Um, here it is, man. Leading up until we got to alpha, right? I, I had some concerns too. I agree with Basil. Like, I was I was concerned about stability. I was concerned about things being broken in terms of like you know, like falling through the world or like, you know, all those different things that we've had experiences with. Absolutely. The, the week leading up to it, they hammered down really hard, right? It was every day. I couldn't participate every day. The night before was where I was going. I'm feeling really confident now, right? Cause I didn't get to really do a whole lot in the week or so prior to that. Cause I was just busy. <clears throat> Asheshq.com. Yeah, that's that's what I was grinding for hours and hours and hours, right? Making sure that thing was there. And I was exhausted. I did not have the time between work and everything else because I took off. But man, that night before, like my fiance and I were there. We had some guild mates there. There was a lot of people there. There were hundreds of people there. And they were like, let's really test this. We got to try to see if we work this out. We jumped on. We're all in the same place. There was an issue related to, to kind of combat and stuff that they were working on trying to fix man they had everybody in place clearly they had resolved it for the most part mm -hmm. and they went and spawned like bazillion not like a little number here just more than i could count of bears on top of it and it didn't crash and i was going yo that's impressive man that was impressive that was a very impressive moment because i played a lot of games where i don't care if you're talking npcs players were that many things rendering at once in one place you it doesn't bode well it doesn't bode well it breaks things mm -hmm. it's gone server's gone it didn't happen i was like okay that moment right there for me was like that is sick they are going to do something great because if they can do that in such an early alpha state before they've done anything else yet oh am i feeling good about this game man and then here we are, we go into it the very next day, we do our testing. Look, it was a technical alpha. What, what was I looking for? Was I looking at combat? No. Is it great if it goes well? Sure. Right. Am I looking for a flesh combat system? No. Am I looking for a flesh cra uh, crafting system? Absolutely not. That's not what they're working on. Am I looking at performance and consistency and stability? Absolutely. Guess what we got? Performance, consistency, stability. I got like two rubber bands out of 30 hours, man. Two small ones, right? Did I fall through the world a few times? Yes, but you know what? Known bug as stated, right? Did it impact my gameplay? No. Were there issues with quests? Yes, but what were they testing? It wasn't, it wasn't that, that wasn't their focus, right? Although I am a little sad because there was this quest that if you go through it all, which was kind of fun, actually enjoyed kind of what was going on story-wise, got towards the end and there's this epic set of gear and i got basically told f no before i got to that point and the npc was like you don't get the next quest and i'm like you suck dude you should be giving me a quest like you do everybody else but you're choosing not to but again that's my biggest complaint for a technical alpha they're doing they're mm. doing good man that's awesome yeah i'm stoked i mean you couldn't just loot the gear from the look NPC, that's didn't an... just sneak it out of his pockets there <laughs> 
there's like also npc oh, man just stab him shank him and take his take it was he wearing sandals or oh my gosh you know i'm not gonna feed into this false narrative that i'm a ninja Look, man, what bunny every, what hop, hop. every every time we hop on the stream <laughs> sim's head has become dimmer and dimmer okay you said it hop means again. that he's losing it, it, it's, it's it means that we're losing no he's losing his way and light <laughs> Hello? <laughs> my god i couldn't call upon the light dude do you see that that was scary oh my see, god i'm telling you i'm telling you he's reverting to oh the no dude i don't want you if you're not gonna cooperate you know what i mean it's fine i'm fine we're good look everybody combat can we just talk about how ridiculously strong the clerics are right now and i'm hoping by me saying that more people play them so like let's just nerf them down a little bit for the next time I want to see the mages get a little more love. Just a little bit. Not a lot, just a little bit more love. To be fair, they blew shit up before, but... Yo, these are if these are the things we're talking about for the alpha and what they were testing, can we just... Like, hammers up. Round of applause. Mm -hmm. From my perspective, and you all know me, if I've got a criticism and I'm like, yo, this is a concern, I've never stopped at saying it before, I'm going to be honest. I'm freaking impressed. I'm actually really yeah. impressed. I didn't expect it to feel that stable and good. Not that I doubted them. I just don't expect there to be that kind of stability with an alpha at this point. I was shocked. I expect it to yeah, be more broken. Stability and uh, the amount of assets are, uh, that's in the game. Fair. If you look environmentally yeah. wise, True. it's very, very impressive. Like I've been talking with a lot of my buddies and they tell me Alpha usually doesn't have anything. It's usually bare bones. Like character, you do quest, be done. And that's it. But with, with, with this Alpha, you get to see a lot of environment with it and uh having questions uh, it has its own monologue and all these things even most of the people saw visuals but they haven't stopped to hear if you go to certain areas in ashes of creation you're able to hear really cool sounds like you oh, yeah. feel yourself you're in a forest you feel yeah. yourself you're being in uh the underworld you feel yourself you're being in the in what's it called the the tundra location where it's all snowy so it was impressive, honestly. It really was. I mean, it's extremely immersive. Yeah, dude, it's easy to go. These guys are white knights, but man, it's it's from a gamer to another, fam. I'm telling you, it's mm -hmm. it's legit impressive. I, I'm I'm proud of him, man. So, with that being yeah. said, um, I, I gotta say the only complaint I really did see, which I I expected more kind of flack and feedback, it was around stuff that they haven't really polished or plan to really work out yet um or the 500 barrier to entry to alpha one which was really the thing that i saw the most which was just disappointed that they couldn't get in didn't have 500 to spend kind of felt harsh totally understand that you know um it, it's not something at this point they can really go back on though because mm -hmm. they've got to adhere to that i feel like they if they go and say okay we're gonna offer packs at a lower price well, the issue now is all the people that bought them before are going to feel like they got ripped off and that's not fair. So I get it. They got to stay the course, even if they were to consider it, but I do understand it's a big, it's a large barrier. People don't have to get in to do testing. Now I only encourage people to get in to testing if they 
want to hang out with their community and enjoy the fun times and the potential nostalgia. They want to explore the world. They more specifically want to actually help with testing and recognize it's not going to be an easy process. Sometimes it's going to be rough. Um, but those are the main reasons. Like if those are your reasons, cool. But if it's to get in and play a game because you want to be, you want to play Ash as a creation, you're, you're not really doing that yet. You're testing their mm -hmm. systems and stuff. And that, that part of playing the game and having a full fledged product and a, you know, less buggy game with all the features that's, that's much later still. So anyway, and, and, and to not like fully go for like white knights. And if I wanted to shed a little bit of darkness on it, I would say the only the only thing that people could complain about is the combat system. Yeah. Currently. Um, tab targeting is okay, but it could still use a lot of work. And yeah. and they're going to address that in the future, um, what's it called iterations. But when it comes to action combat, there's a couple of problems that they will need to address big time. Absolutely. Because a lot of people are bugged with with the combat side um another thing they should also check the aggro of of dungeons as well because you have uh the dragon dungeon essentially the only the only one that the apparition quest uh to be more specific mm. um All right yeah you can you can rush through that dungeon to that dragon and you you would get hit by the mobs but you're just you're able to skim through it all and get to the dragon if really? you wanted to yeah oh wow it's, it's easy the damage. just 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 be on a mount and sprint through oh. so they're on they're on they're on a leash then right so you could just outrun their aggro and then they run back to where they mm -hmm. spawned at exactly yeah. exactly they i think they should have a knockdown for people who are on mounts so it stops them at like where they are so it, they, they can't rush this dungeon. They need to have a group to take it from the beginning to the end. And maybe make also an exit, because honestly, if, if they're going to do that, um, it's, uh, uh, I don't, I don't want to fight the mobs twice. <laughs> because it might be fun, but, but uh, it's, it's going. It's, honestly, it's up to them. I don't know. <laughs> Give it a um, back the door second... so the pirates can be there waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. And 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 two would be um I wouldn't consider the fire dragon to to be glitchy, no. But you have you have the, the, the three main dragons, the spawn times for them. I don't know how long they are, but they take a very long time for them to spawn as in world bosses. I don't know if that's the intent. If that's the intent, it's fine. Um, but you have them also glitching out through mountains and uh, some of their abilities don't cast and um, some of these main huge dragons, they have a lot of abilities. And I, sometimes when I fight them on like different servers, I get to see like one or two abilities gets cast off while the rest doesn't. I only see them once in a fight. So... It's interesting to look over those again. I filed all of these reports, by the way. Nice. <laughs> I filed like, like more than 50 reports. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I've got a few to file still, but I actually did catch that that bag bug you talked about later after you mm -hmm. left, too. Yeah, so I've got, a, I've got a file on that one. But you know what? Let's, uh, let's transition to more stuff that Grim can actually really jump in on here. Uh, since we're like mm -hmm. all rambling about our stuff and things that we're in on. And he, he didn't there do that, so... 
<laughs> let's let's talk about what makes a good combat system. Now, Graham, I, I think well, you lead on this one, right? Like for you, what makes a really really awesome combat system, and like what does that look like for you? Um, you have to take into account the time to kill. So there needs to be a counterplay mm -hmm. window. If time to kill window is so small and there's no counterplay, a lot of people aren't going to have fun with that. Unless you're really gearing yourself towards like a Call of Duty, death really doesn't matter because I'm literally just going to respawn in a millisecond, run right back mm -hmm. in, throw a grenade, get killed, and then run <laughs> by, right back in. And, right. and so that's not this gameplay that a lot of people look for in like this genre. Mm -hmm. And so I think time to kill is very important figuring that out. Then there needs to be balance between the classes, the races, the whatever, uh, the mm -hmm. weapons. Like you were talking about the, the mages wand that does the automatic, you know, weapon. Machine gun, that, yeah. <laughs> that's probably problematic, you know, and, and then you might have other classes that are, wishing they could run that mm -hmm. as well or or running that and so there needs to be a balance between um the different classes different races different weapon classes whatever and then with with the abilities there needs to be an ability to make sure that you can't animation cancel all ability like certain classes races whatever should not have the ability to animation cancel certain abilities and therefore mm -hmm. get off a, a better rotation than other people so there's things like that and then how line of sight works and what abilities create line of sight and what don't and um you know to movement speed to you know speed is king in pvp so are you able to stretch out or outmaneuver people just inherently on this race class whatever because of this ability and so that pro causes problematic issues so those are things i would look at like alpha though like you guys were saying they're right where they need to be if in alpha they're trying to eliminate falling through the ground <laughs> and finish the quest lines and make sure that all the weird things you know and then like you were saying auto populate in a whole bunch of NPCs. I think the real test for that would have been um, implementing a check after all those NPCs rendered in. If you could have dropped an AOE explosion on them to see the mathematics happen across all of them to see, you know, I want to see that happen because I guess in PvP situations or or large fight situations, that's going to be what's happening. It's there's a lot of math going on, not you know above and beyond just rendering them in, and so right. those would be things I would look at. But um, balance, and it's always going to be a thing, and um, that's going to be an uphill battle for them is balancing. So absolutely, definitely. Yeah. So time to kill is a really good perspective. And that's something that it's not really, wasn't really like a plan of conversation, but it's definitely something I've thought about prior to us getting to having a conversation around combat again. And that's because time to kill something, I think is very important specifically for me in PVP. Um, I also think in PVE scenarios, it's an issue, uh, kind of something that's concerning too. I think there's like the time to kill of a creature, a boss, whatever, when you've got like, enrage mechanics to where maybe they start doing some crazy on a nuke the raid thing and you got to manage that we definitely saw some elements of that in this weekend's test where it's like you get to a point and clearly you've hit a threshold now the boss's behavior is different whether it's because of time or health percentage or something like that they they got their oh shit button and they're pressing it and you're paying for it unless you've 
you know how to mitigate that damage. You know how to deal with it. You can heal through it. You can out DPS it, whatever it is. Um, like if they're healing up or they're just bursting people, whatever. Um, but in PvP specifically, time to kill for me is really important because I'm not a big fan of fights that end really fast. I don't, I don't actually care for fights to end quickly. Like it bores me if I can go jump into like an arena or catch somebody now, now to be fair, Ashes of Creation has a rock, paper, scissors sort of like dynamic when it comes to its classes, right? In Ashes of Creation, you have the primary and then you augment that with a secondary class and you have further augmentation that we have yet to know about based on potentially elements and things of that nature, whatever. We can get all that stuff down the road. But when you look at time to kill, I think in PvP specifically, it for me is just kind of boring if you can just pop. And we talked about this in the three skeevers, right? When you got proc sets in that in Delta Scrolls Online, and it's like you go into an arena and literally someone can mash one button and the proc sets go off and the damage is so high, they they literally annihilate the person who's stun locked because of the set and the gear procs. Like the damage and the CC from a proc set could literally annihilate somebody who is actually geared well who's got everything there to mitigate the damage and you just can't. So time to kill is like, there's like none in situations like that. But where there's you... no incentive to have cap resistances. You know, you could have absolute cap resistances and people will just nuke you, yeah. you know, 100% you. And you're just like, okay, well then why even have cap resistances? Why even run heavy armor versus medium versus light? I might as well just turn into a glass cannon myself. So can't beat them join them now everybody's just running around dropping nukes on each other and uh -huh. respawning and running back in and we're creating that call of duty atmosphere that you yep. know isn't yeah you know pretty much mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's... as much as i remember having fun running around as my my level 29 twink road rogue back in tbc <laughs> and just yeah. one-shotting ambushing all the clothies that yeah. i could find <laughs> exactly dude it's it's certainly not engaging combat. It's not engaging gameplay. It's fun just to go out there and be a dink, but it wears off quickly, and that that, that doesn't create long-lasting love or gameplay. And that's an important thing. You, you want that quick uh, dopamine rush? Yeah, go run around in shipment and Call of Duty and just have a shit show, and it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. You're going to die 45 times, and you're going to get 75 kills in five minutes, and it's amazing. But like Grim said, that is not what this genre is about. I think time to kill is probably one of the most important things they've said. You know, balancing, Sim, you mentioned it's going to be uh, more of a rock, paper, scissors thing. Overall class balancing is done on the eight-person dynamic. And I think large-scale PvP is the more so the focus of the game as well, um, more so than your small format, um, like 1v1, 2v2, 3v3 arenas, which will be in the game. So I think there needs to be a measure of importance there, but that is where your metas are really going to shine is in those small format environments. And I hope that um, rock, paper, scissors really does hold true. So there is no one dominant class. There will be a counter to you when you queue up, who knows if you're going to get it. Um, that said, I also don't want to sit there. And if I'm one V one running somebody, I don't want that to be like a 10 minute long fight either. I think that's exhausting. It's, nor should it be a quick one shot. I think somewhere they talked about it before in the minute to minute and a half range that they were aiming for a time to kill. I'd be really curious to see what criteria that's under because there's definitely going to be variance depending on 
you know, which side of the coin you're on. If you're a super high damage outputting class versus kind of just um, a general jack of all trades class, that's probably should be a much shorter fight than say a ranger going up against a tank or a mage going up against a cleric that's kind of stacked up their magical defense a little bit. Um, so uh, for me, that that's kind of the realm that it has to fall into is I like that minute, minute and a half range, gives you a chance to use your cooldowns, use all your abilities, possibly even wait for some of them to come back up so that there's meaningful decision behind when and where you use those abilities. And it's not just a, go in there, spam all your biggest nukes and win right off the bat. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think strategy over face roll any day of the week. I mean, I definitely agree. You know, there's some short term like reward for, you know, getting a build or having gear that gives you that kind of godlike ability, but it gets old fast. And I, I'm really hoping that there is a lot of counterplay and that, you know, that minute, minute and a half does actually sound like a very fair, like, target for them to have. Um, obviously, that minute to minute and a half does involve players making certain choices, right, in their counterplay, um, but it's still um, what I think is, is fair. Um, as far as, like, how the combat is, in the current alpha, I mean, I, I tend to agree. It definitely needs polish. Not all the elements are there yet, but it is the first real iteration that we've been able to mm -hmm. see on a public forum. Uh, and, and it'll be interesting to see how they continue to incorporate the action element as they refine and polish some of the bugs that are there currently. Um, I've actually kind of, as I've been playing today i was like hmm, you know i remember some discussion around guild wars 2 being um you know a potential inspiration here so i'm gonna download guild wars 2 and try that again and kind of remember that combat system in a little more minute detail i mean i do remember like broad strokes of how it played and and i did like it so just being able to see you know how positioning is important you know, being able to use both tab skills and skills that are like, you know, manually targeted, it, it'll be, you know, an interesting uh, balance that they're going to need to strike to be able to satisfy um, players that have preferences on one side of the fence or the other. Um, you know, I do find it interesting that some of the um, streamers that I did watch definitely like felt like, you know, they had a preference. Some were like, you know, if, if I had a choice, I would go all action. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, you kind of had the opposite point of view. And I think it'll definitely be good to be able to have, uh, you know, a happy medium between those. But at the end of the day, I mean, I'm a tab player at heart. I wouldn't be really disappointed if, if it was, you know, ultimately like a tab game. That's not to say that... Um, that would make a lot of people happy, but it's definitely like where my preference lies. And even if there is, you know, more action options, I'm still most likely going to default to the tab target in my skills. And, and I'm hoping that is still a viable option. And I would, I would say that would be my only feedback is make both viable for the type of play style. Um, and I hope they really nail that because I think that'll make for a really like awesome and 
almost customizable experience for people, which is, uh, which is, I think, a, a way to bring a lot bigger audience in uh, is, is that way too. Yeah. ESO is having a problem with uh, the time to kill duration being so short right mm. now because of another problem and it's the power creep yeah. in a game. Obviously this game's in alpha right now, so they need to take into account the power creep situation in PVE mechanics as well for dungeons and things like that. Um, there shouldn't, if they make the mechanics in these dungeons to where let's say the DPS is increased by tenfold or 20 fold that you can't cheese the mechanics start implementing those mechanics right now because there we i like i said i just came from a podcast we were talking about the power creep mm -hmm. and that's where they're at uh, almost uh 70 of the trials over there can be cheesed because dps at one time was 15k um for a player to do 15k there are people doing 120k dps now and if what? trials and 120k check out chin, oh uh, my skin, gosh skin, dude check out skinny cheeks okay. he's got builds doing 120k dps and and so that's a serious problem when you can go into a trial or go into a dungeon go into a whatever pvp wise Jeez. and and the power creep down the road so, so all, had they done that if they could rewind and be right where ashes is right now they probably would have implemented the mechanics to avoid that right because like i see the, the yeah. other guest host see, he was yeah. like yeah he was like i don't want to take that away don't take that away from me <laughs> like if we can avoid the mechanics because we're so awesome we spend all the time yeah. on the training dummies learning our rotation and we got the best gear in the game to do that and i'm like i don't think that was the really the intent of the right. devs Right. It just happened that way that there was no checks and balances in place to prevent the power creep. And they're straight cheesing past every mechanic in every trial because their DPS is absolutely oh. off the charts. See, so, I think that's the issue, though. I think that's the indicator that the power creep is 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 happening, 100% happening, is when you can just cheese the mechanics to where you don't even have to worry about them, then absolutely you're not actually in... Uh, you're not invested in that fight. You're not actually, you're not playing through the way the fights intended to be played through, which means that those mechanics are things you're working to avoid. Those, you know, uh, potential like interruptions are supposed to be happening. Um, mm -hmm. You know, soaking mm -hmm. it or whatever in the phases that are supposed to be occurring. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the, I think you're, when you guys are running through dungeons, you're talking about the animals, not or the animals yeah. being on a leash. You know, yeah. that's something they should yep. fix. So that way you can't cheese through the dungeon. Mm -hmm. And if you, you better have a good squad with you because everything's coming mm -hmm. and you're going to have to fight the boss and all of that. And so I'm I good. think they should do things like that. Um, that's my two cents on that. Another thing too, going back, you guys were talking about the $500 barrier of entry. Mm -hmm. Every one of you guys paid $500 for this barrier entry and look how serious oh, you're taking yeah. this alpha you know what I mean? So I'm okay with a $500 barrier of entry because those are the people that you're going to get the best feedback from because they literally care. They're invested. They got skin in the game. So I, I think that the people that complain about not having the $500 or whatever, they probably would have been the people I would have logged in, played this weekend for a little bit, but never once submitted any, mm. anything. And you guys are in there fighting the fight. So, you know, yeah. high fives to you. Thanks. That's what, man. That, that's I 
Thank you. That's exactly <laughs> the positive feel on it. And I think that's the intent of the uh, the $500 barrier to entry. It's not about the money. Most of that comes back in game time and cosmetics and numbers anyway. Yep. It's simply to, it's an investment in the, the or sorry, the commitment to the, to the project. And that's what I think a lot of people don't fully understand. And uh, I get it, you know, some people simply can't afford it and they would be that invested in it. They would be that committed, but it is what it is. Um, I love that you brought up the um, the power creep issue. That I, I'm a big Diablo 3 player, at least I used mm -hmm. to be. So I, I understand that to the nth degree mm -hmm. as well. And I, I feel like that's so important in Ashes with the node system being uh, a persistent world where you're kind of experiencing um, fresh content over and over and over again that that power creep can't be a huge thing because all the servers are experiencing different, the same content at different times over a long lifespan. And as we push into future expansions of the game, that is something that has to be considered. And I've thought many, many times, and it's been a concern since the beginning of this project for me, uh, how are they going to address that? And what kinds of mechanics are they going to implement? Are we going to never see a level cap increase? Are, is there going to be a certain threshold at which enemies are, their stats increase proportionately to yours so that it, it's always at least a bit of a challenge so that mechanics are still engaged and you don't just blow past them? Because, yeah, that 15k to 120k is, you, you could two-shot something, a boss that would normally have taken a full group's dedicated effort and coordination to, to deal with. And that's not the goal of developers. They design a game for you to experience content, not just so you can sit there and farm gear. Yeah, and the other point that I have around um, like power in game two, and and I haven't heard the devs mention this, but it's something that I continually like run into a wall on in other games is a borrowed power design. I don't like that either, and I hope as we get more expansions and more content coming into Vera, that the um, developers don't, you know, subscribe to that type of thing where you have, um, you know, just an example of that, honestly, is some of the systems in World of Warcraft, that there's always something that you have for an expansion and then becomes irrelevant in the next expansion. That really is, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves with world of warcraft is is that um that and the fact that you know they most of the time crafting is meaningless but this is a combat discussion so i would say that would be kind of my biggest fear is that you know as they're thinking through progression and future expansions that they really have that roadmap and can avoid um any borrowed power scenarios because that just doesn't make it interesting and it feels like you spend an expansion really building up to something that just goes away and you kind of start over. Um, and, and that's maybe separate and independent from like the gear grind that you would have in any game. I just don't like the idea of spending so much time investing in a system and that system just becoming irrelevant in a future expansion or update. 
that's the biggest problem over there that we talk about is the left the abrupt left turn and the abrupt right turn you know and even for content creators it's the hardest thing for us is because we release all our new builds all our new everything our content and information and, and then three months later it's obsolete well that's job security for us but it's also <laughs> turning the world on its head every time and and so that's rough and that we're experiencing that over there. We literally just had that podcast talking about the power creep and all these same things. And I thought to myself, if they were in a position where ashes is right now, how they would change things and they'd go back and fix. So this is a mm. great, this is perfect. Yeah. I was actually having a conversation. We were talking about final fantasy 14. I was talking to my fiance the other day about how, you know, back when that game launched, there was the scenario where things were not working, man, like things were broken things didn't work mm -hmm. and the foundation was not a solid one to build off of. Now, look, I love the Elder Scrolls online, but when we reference that one, it's a good example of what I consider a foundation that was cracked and had issues. And what Final Fantasy 14 did was they were like, okay, we got to just, we got to scrap it. We got to take it down. We got to rework this and we got to relaunch it. And that didn't happen. And I think you've got a good example of a game where they did that and a game where they didn't do that and how you've got these like issues that, continue to multiply on one whereas the other one as a result of that work it's actually it's great it's in good condition it's right but it came at a cost in the very beginning and uh, it was when they were willing to make and uh you know in ashes that's something that i also commend the team on for is that's something that they've like referenced not specifically the games but that you know element of okay so we've got to make sure that we launch this with a solid foundation because it's easier for us to fix those things now than it is for us to launch this and iterate upon that and then try to come back later to fix these problems then, um, which is the, what I think is the unfortunate situation with the Elder Scrolls Online right now, which is what, um, we've built upon this now, this foundation, and now if we've got to go back and rework it, things are probably going to fall and who knows what else we've got to work on fixing then and how long it could take yeah. and... It's an unfortunate reality, I think. Um, but yeah, I saw a comment too in chat a minute ago about Guild Wars 2. And um, here we can talk about the hybrid combat system. Now, this is something that you sort of see a bit in with Guild Wars 2. You see it in the Elder Scrolls Online a little bit. Um, uh -huh. Now, to be fair, the Elder Scrolls Online's combat system also is a bit reflective of the Elder Scrolls franchise in general, where you can go into first person You've got a reticle, you can sneak, you can pickpocket. There's all these things you can do that are very much Elder Scrolls games features. And in the Elder Scrolls, you do have the, you do have the ability to kind of, it's an action game basically um, with a reticle, but you also have the tab target features. And so it's kind of a in between. It's not really strictly action. It's not really strictly tab. It's like in that middle hybrid area. Now, currently with Ash as a creation, what they're going for is somewhere in the middle as well, but they're really focusing on having it to where you can kind of adapt your play style to be what you want it to be, where you've got a bit of a mix there. What is it, 70-30? Is that right, guys? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, something like that. 70-30? Yeah, something like that. 70-30, 80-20 on the min-max side of it. Right, so you've got that weight of like, well, it could be like 70-like tab, 30 action. So we start to talk about like the skills having this sort of element to it. So what we know is that this like tabbing between action and tab target that we currently are doing, that's not the the plan. This is just a, what we've got to work with now to kind of test things out in these different spaces. The, the long-term goal is certain skills um, can work off of 
more action oriented combat or more tab target oriented combat. And we kind of have a bit of player agency and choosing what that is. And it comes with a little bit of risk versus award, which is a, one of their pillars of the game development. Right. Um, but what would you say, uh, Grim would be like, a, maybe a cautionary tell of like, you know, a lot of people say like, maybe they're trying to maybe do too much with this. You know, maybe this is an issue that the power creep issue, Steven's definitely addressed. It's definitely something they're mindful about. But this combat issue is something people come back to a lot. And I think it's an important point for many people. It certainly is for me. I love immersion. I love a good story. I am, you need server stability. But for me, action and fluidity and combat is very important. And fluidity and combat is definitely not there yet. Of course, that's not what they're super focused on. But what do you feel like a cautionary tell is for a hybrid combat system and what you can make sure you do right? What you can and you can't maybe get away with or sacrifice. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So ESO hybrids are they primarily operate with magicka or stamina, and then you have your health pool. And <laughs> different weapon classes can operate using just stamina, and class abilities can use stamina or magicka, and you can kind of mix mix and match. But you can't be good at it all uh, previously, and with the power creep we're now at a point where you can make a hybrid and be good at it all and run whatever abilities and so while that opens up diversity in the game you can have uh immense you know now i've got stamina classes that are running around with two-handed axes and then on their back bar they have a resto staff and they're just throwing out heels and killing people with their two-handed axe and people are like how do i beat this guy you know he has a reset button with a resto staff ultimate thing full heal himself and then he's you know hitting me with this axe that's chunking my life by half because the power creep is so high and so um i think that as long as there's balance i think as soon as you start in, in introducing hybrids now all of a sudden before we were just going to have to balance the race, the class, the weapon, the whatever it was. Now we have to balance each individual as both a hybrid and what's it look like with all the separate abilities and game styles on it. So the balancing act gets that much more tricky. So people want to know how I'm running a stamina class over there and I'm hitting them with hitting them with magic abilities. And this is where there's a scaling problem. Weapon, it's so easy to scale weapon damage over there, and you can't scale spell damage in the same way but i can put on two separate armor sets that increase both my weapon and spell damage and i'll have a a weapon damage over there that hits people really hard it's the run of the mill meta everyone's running the 7k 8k weapon damage but my spell damage is 7 and 8k whereas even magical classes over there are happy to hit 6k and i have 8k so when I hit somebody with a magic ability on that build, it nukes them. And they're like, how in the heck are you hitting me so hard? And I'm like, power creep, man, the scaling and everything. You know, I just know that, you know, you're happy to be running around with 6K spell damage. And I have 8K spell damage on a stamina build. So I think those are probably the most scary things. And man, to be where they're at is really cool, but also probably really scary with ashes because they're like, if we don't get it right right now, we're setting ourselves up for a, lo a lot of work in the future, balancing wise. So I don't know, that's my two cents. Yeah, I definitely think that's something that 
I, I, I like that perspective because that's something I really think, I really truly believe that I see them being very mindful of that, you know? And so a lot of people are like, we want more combat, we want more combat. And they're like, you're just going to have to wait for it because it, I, I definitely sense, I think that there's probably some anxiety around that um, because there are a lot of cautionary tells and it is a big important part of the game. And, you know, I can't speak for the developers or anything. I just can speak from that perspective of being an outsider looking in and watching. And, um, but I think because th I see that that's also reassuring. Um, because if you're being cautious and mindful and you're really not pushing to give people what they want, and you're trying to make sure that you work towards whatever the vision is, compel or high water, then I think that's, you know, like I said, it's not the easy path, is it? You could easily just try to do what, what everyone else has done and get there quicker and get the game out and all that, but it isn't what's happening. You know, another thing that they probably should have done, and Ashes is in a great position to do this, is if you want to increase the average lifetime value of a PvP or... Um, you need to have a very thorough tutorial on exactly what PVP is and how to be successful at PVP. And you can do that in a PVE environment, select a guild hall or a whatever, a quest line that teaches them how to fight one person individually, how to fight multiple people, how to use line of sight, what abilities, what rotation, how to line up burst, how to increase your time to kill uh, speed and like all these things and ESO, there are people that I work with on a daily basis that didn't even know you could tab target people. All right, you know? true. And, and so there's like a group of 10 people running around and they're like, this guy's low, but I can't hit him through the mess. And I'm like, you realize you can just tab target that guy and then, you know, fire away. You're right. going to get that dude. And so there's things that aren't spelled out. And here we're seven years in. You know what I mean? Like, so they have an opportunity right now to spell those things out, increase the average lifetime value of a PVP or by walking them through, you'll have a higher educated PVP or when they step in, now they're still going to be the jitters of the nerves. Like, oh, I'm actually fighting another real person, but at least they're coming to the table with knowledge. Well, according to the tutorial, if I want to kill this person, I should hit you know, these abilities in order. And so yeah. I, I, I'm experiencing that a lot over there and the majority of people. And it uh, another thing is not just increasing your kills, but eliminating deaths. So, because if, if you can eliminate over there, they'll somebody will be like, I'll say, what's the best battleground you ever had? And they said, oh, I went five and five. You know, uh, one time I went eight and eight and it was crazy. And I was like, well, let's not try and increase the amount of kills that you're getting, but let's start eliminating the amount of deaths you get. And mm. in return, you're going to be on the battlefield more, which will increase your time on target. You have the uh, more chance to kill more people just by being on the battlefield more. And they're like, oh, okay. And so we eliminate two deaths off the eight, you know, and we incre and we add two more potential kills on and eliminate two more deaths. And now all of a sudden they're having, you know, in just three battlegrounds, I had a guy that that conversation five and five, eight and eight, and he went in his third battleground with me coaching him. He went to 15 and three and he was like, oh, my God, this is the craziest thing. And I said, we didn't really address how to actually kill people. We addressed how to just survive and stay on the battlefield longer. Right. And in turn, it worked out that way. So. Those are things that there is nothing in the game to teach him that. You know, there has to be somebody that is 
live that and experience that and be willing to teach those things. So if they implement something that's going to kind of build that, they'll increase the average lifetime value of their PVP or um, and you make sure that the time to kill window isn't too small because that makes a lot of people mad. They're like, especially the beginning PVPers, I don't even know what to do right now. I'm just walking on the battlefield and I get killed instantly, mm -hmm. you know? And and if you have to travel any uh, amount of time, it's more of a mount simulator than it is a uh -huh. battleground, you know? Talked so about that before. Yeah. We right. We talked about that before. Um, someone in chat was like, do you charge for private lessons? Then orange. <laughs> <laughs> I I work with people uh for free on on Discord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So indeed. Um a, a really a really quick question. I want to pick your mind on this. Because um Ashes is looking for like we have the standard classes, which are basically fighter tank, rogue, ranger, and mage, summoner, cleric, and bard. Then what you kind of intrigued me when you said about the hybrids and, and and they become like loose cannons that are able to do everything um what system would you prefer because they're trying to make that merge happen but not be able to max out at the same time and would you like a rock paper scissors approach of of strategy or what's like the general thing that they should be worried about when making the system if i think your your rock paper scissors is fine because that adds to the mm. class diversity or you know like it's your thing if i want to be the templar the cleric in the middle of the battlefield you know healing everybody mm -hmm. that's your thing that so that's okay um but as soon as they have hybrid classes and people get good at balancing resources and things like that, your time to kill window increases because um, they have access to be able to heal themselves through multiple means and they're not draining one resource. So hybrids yeah. and combining introduces time to kill problems. And anybody then that is not in that hybrid role and only using one particular resource for healing or for mitigations or whatever, as soon as that's out, they're dead. And so there, that whole thing needs to be taken into account. And honestly, I'd have yeah. to put my hands on it and kind of look at it, but yeah. I guess it's down to testing. <laughs> it's it's down much. to testing. Yeah. And you know, things like that probably don't come until like beta, right? Cause right now exactly. we're still kind of falling, falling through the floor and, you know, and you know, weird weird <laughs> things like get rid of all the weird things first, so that way we get a true, yeah, true look. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's definitely the thing I, that I they feel like we're going going out to. Oh, I was gonna say, I, I feel like we really need the ranger in the game before we're gonna get a really good feel of how one or the other combat system is gonna work. When I think of action targeting, the ranger's arrow abilities are one of the primary things that come to mind in terms of manually aimed abilities and you know you, i can think a bit about it with uh spells like a mage's fireball or something mm -hmm. like that and so many questions pop into my head there it's like travel time of the projectile and how easy it is to avoid are we relying on player awareness to avoid those manually targeted abilities and therefore accuracy and dodge or evasion are irrelevant stats on your character sheet and those things or do those can, can i shoot someone square between the eyes and their dodge chance kicks in and they actually dodged it even though i landed a perfect aim that's going to be a feels bad man moment 
Um, so I, I feel like until we get the Ranger in the game, combat for me is a really hard thing to judge from an action standpoint. Um, right now, I, I think the fluidity between the two isn't too bad. Well, not fluidity, but the, the feel between the two isn't too bad. The fluidity is terrible right now, and, and there's a lot of work that needs to be done there. Um, I hate the idea of having to tar toggle between the two. If I if I have a if I have an action aimed ability, I should just be able to push my button and I zoom into my bow mode and I get to snipe and, and pick my target and then I can keep on carrying on with my combat without having to change how my camera moves in relation to my character and therefore how my character moves across the battlefield. I don't want to be strafing, go into into action mode and then all of a sudden I'm just turning because that, that's going to be a huge uh, intrusion to your overall gameplay and mobility on the field that that can't be a thing i'm okay with a camera toggle and you can just play under the camera preference of your choice um i've been playing a lot of valheim lately i love how the combat feels in that in terms of the with the bow mechanics specifically and i would be okay with something like that but and, and then you've got the question of character size and hitbox size and like the dwarf versus the orc because you know that that is very that's important and obviously that smaller character is much harder to hit on a manually targeted ability but if they try to normalize that some way and i have to aim a foot over a dwarf's head in order to get a headshot that like that that's impossible to adjust in in a moving battlefield so it's for me there's a lot of little things to work out there and i would prefer that they focus on nailing down tab targeting first and then introduce action if if time and resources permit it's I, I think nailed out people will love this game with a good tab targeting system as long as that system is fluid and flush people will still love the combat and it'll feel good if it feels really clunky and awkward because they tried to do too much that's going to be a big turn off though yeah if pvp requires too much of skill um and you're fighting the system that's probably not a good thing and people won't gravitate towards the archer right or the person that's using a bow because they're like i mean i'm taking four or five hits from the guy that's got the two-hand greatsword or whatever before i even you know or the the want machine gun wand is hitting me <laughs> you know before i even get one like arrow loose so there's that yeah so yeah, one 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 thing I wanted to actually touch on uh, before we kind of run out of time today, and I know there's people definitely itching to get back into alpha testing. <clears throat> Me, um, discussions uh, on the current state of combat. People have kind of talked about, right? I think we've actually hit on it a good bit, and um, a lot of people have their criticisms about the combat system currently. They have criticisms about things like how the game looks and everything. Um, important reference point for any new, you know, members of the community or people that are listening, watching this now live later, whatever, is just keep in mind like this is not this is the place where they work on the foundational server side stuff that they've been working on, ensuring is solid before they move forward. Things like issues with questing and and combat systems and the new classes. I mean, look, we've we've had the Ranger before. We'll we'll get to see it again, I think, sooner than the others for that reason. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how it gets reworked because the others have been reworked as well. Um, but you know, when you think about quality of life features for a combat system, um, what would be some, you know, and this could be kind of our 
finalizing thoughts here because we've had a really good discussion around a lot of the other like layers right but when we think about quality of life features for combat like what really should be there for any system and what's the number one thing that we always feel could or should be improved upon through our experiences in other games for me it's a big thing like what grim was talking about when you have the hybrid classes and that ability to really sustain yourself and your effective hp pool just surpasses your anybody's ability to to burn you down um for me like when i look at anything with a cleric secondary and i think of the self-healing capabilities while being able to still output damage you're not fighting that person's health now you're fighting their mana pool and from, from what we've seen so far, my understanding is mana is the only ability resource in the game. So every it's going to be the same for every class. And I hope that there are effective ways to drain mana pools um, in the game or that those the additional healing provided by some of those abilities, if that's your secondary, eats up a bit more of your mana so that you don't have the ability to output quite as much damage. And just balancing that individual class to itself versus trying to balance it against 63 other classes. Yeah, that's a really great point, Half Tilt. I mean, I would say one thing, I mean, cooldowns aside, like in, say, World of Warcraft, mm -hmm. being able to heal yourself as a Retribution Paladin versus a Holy Paladin, totally different ball game, mm -hmm. right? You have definitely have different spells coming into play, but the, the piece that kind of I had thought of when you had mentioned something was the mana pool. I mean, I can get maybe three or four heals in my mana pool, and that's enough, you know, for me to deal with like a PVE situation most of the time. But it definitely is like, you know, a decider and a strategic decision when it comes to PVP. And I do agree with you. I, I hope they do something like that that gives like that play and counterplay, like a mana drain would be like a great thing. And I think one thing that's really working in their favor as well is at least, I mean, unless they change their decision, but right now the, with the fact that they have mana being a common resource across all classes, that in and of itself makes it a little easier to balance too. Um, personally, as far as like what I would like, like to see in, in terms of quality of life is Honestly, just that is being able to really have a counterplay and um, and them kind of doubling down on what they've said in the past is they always want to be able to challenge the meta. So it's never it's always like a, a changing thing and you're not always going to be super powerful all the time. There's going to be choices you're going to need to make. And I don't mean that in the sense of, you know, what we talked about before in the podcast that you know there's like a total reset every so often but it's like slight adjustments that happen throughout the life cycle of the game that cause you to maybe make different choices but not something like super drastic that would be for me like a really good way to um you know continue keeping things fresh but not necessarily kind of completely um segregating your player base every time you um you know put out a new expansion or a new major update Any thoughts, Basil? I mean, they took it away. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> they said what's what was in my mind. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah. Yeah, it's fair. So I, the balancing act is I always have the perspective that the combat system, like that is like the developers in game for the most part. Like, I feel like if you could just get the foundation there and it's solid and you launch the game and this foundation solid, then your in game is essentially just that balancing act. And now in ashes of creation, you've got eight primary classes, right? That's your, you have your eight classes, right? Eight archetypes. You augment yes. that with the same ones for that character. So you can either go, you know, if you're a tank, you can go tank or the other seven other types of classes that there are as your, as your augment. And that gets you like, for example, tank, with the cleric second is paladin and that's how it kind of works and so people are like 64 classes it's too much and i'm like well it's really eight with you know the different layers for each of those eight so it's not too much but it is a lot it is still quite a bit um for a game coming out the gate so i think if they can just sounds like they are be mindful of the power creep the foundation is solid they listen to the player base, which currently they've been listening to the testers, right? They haven't changed the vision, but they're like, yo, we're getting feedback on this uh, animation for the mage's fireball. That's a little bit much. It's a little, little too drawn out, right? It's, we're locked into this too much. The fluidity isn't there. They've worked on it. They've made adjustments. If they could continue to stay the course and do that, then, you know, when it comes to combat, I think things are looking bright, but I don't know. Any any final thoughts, gentlemen? You know, when it comes down to talking about combat, Grim. Any any final words if you had it for Intrepid? You know, when it comes to like here, because they listen, they listen to the show and they watch it. So, hi. <laughs> I I think I, I like the idea of a mana drain or a magic drain. Does that make sense? But I think it makes sure that it's a unique debuff on your target, so that way, like mm. if I'm running around. Mm solo pvp i and i run into you guys all four of you can't just hit me with it you know and it's yeah. multiplied by four so make sure it's a unique debuff mm -hmm. and in that scenario if you don't think that it's enough then you can add major and minor mm -hmm. you know so make a major magic drain and a minor magic drain mm -hmm. you know so but just make sure they're because that's another issue that they're having over there you know yeah. you guys could all have an ability uh, yes. a weapon on your back bar the vatishran staff and all four of you could just hit me with this ability and just nuke my life and i'm like no counterplay that's not fun and so as long as they take those things into account i think we'll be good and you can't mm -hmm. nobody has a all but so True. they need to be able to pivot so absolutely Actually, I have one thought that I wanted to ask Grim about. Sure. What are your thoughts of Elder Scrolls, um, like scroll wheel, where you like you have your main primary weapon, then you have a completely different oh, yeah. secondary weapon. You're able to cycle between the two weapons. Do you think that's a good thing to have, or do you prefer just staying with one unique thing and that's it? Um. So now we introduce the whole balancing issue again, because yeah. now oh, yeah, what, no. what yeah. does the two-hander look like matched up with the resto staff or whatever? What's the two-hander? And, you know, it, it, it brings real balancing issues. You know, my eyes roll in the back of my head when I run into that guy that's found that perfect combination of those two things. So I'm all for it, but it's more balance, you know, more balance. Yeah. So, so it's... Mm. So, so you like the idea of it being there, but uh, if they don't balance it out, you don't want it. Essentially, <laughs> yeah, you'll run into people that just have that 
what'll happen is the meta gets defined and then you just keep running into the same meta humpers, you know, the people that are like, this is the best thing I could do. And, and it, those now all of a sudden everyone's time to kill windows really large. It's hard to kill anybody because they found the perfect combination. You know, I could be tanky and I could be damaged and, (laughs) and, you know, or I could be Healy, you know, that's a new thing. Healy, I could be Healy and I could be damaged and you'll never stop me. And so that, brings a new thing but it also maybe if you're a healer out there there are times where everybody's good and if everybody's good right now and i'm not needed for that i should be able to do damage you know let me contribute in another fashion and so that's a thing too and if you had that back bar to go to with the separate weapon absolutely you know so performance needs to be there you need to be Mm -hmm. able to freely go back and forth between the two so absolutely and we haven't even touched on (laughs) we haven't even remotely touched on the fact that the you can have different weapons like you can choose your own weapon for you know like you could be a tank running around with a two-hander or a wand right now like it's it's whatever i mean which is a little weird for me when i'm running around on my tank and i charge in with what looks like a weapon to attack them but i've actually got like a wand that's my actual equipped weapon um so it's it's kind of a trip i guess really it could just be like you get it with the fist as papia with the fist and instead you get like my iron man punch instead but um it's definitely interesting that they're doing that i mean it's something i've always enjoyed about the elder scrolls is like it's any weapon you want to do um with with whatever class or you know role that you're choosing to play um which i've always felt was beautiful about the elder scrolls specifically um with ashes i find that's gonna be beautiful too if they can they can work to achieve what i'm not gonna say achieve what the elder scrolls online could have because i feel like that would be an unfair comparison but at the same time achieve some sort of a similar goal where it's viable and meaningful to utilize any weapon with whatever it is that you're planning on doing. Granted, there could be a cost benefit analysis to you're just going to do better with a staff. If you're a high priest than you would, if you had dual wield, like, but still be viable and useful. And it makes sense to do that. I think that's the, the trick is it's almost like that identity of what it means to use those weapons within that given role and still make sense in in what your gameplay is and and how you're functioning within your role in 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 the group dynamic i guess so and i don't feel like that's quite there with the elder scrolls right now and i think there's a lot of layers to that and it was you know probably one of my concerns complaints whatever you want to call it it was like the beautiful thing was it launched with there's so much potential for all these skill lines and possibilities and then what we found is you start to get bottlenecked into only specific things that fit within this corridor of usefulness. And that's the thing I would be concerned about when you think about weapons and skill lines for ashes is that's like one of the things I worry about uh, aside from the hybrid system. It's a long-term concern, but that's the, that's one of my things, right? So that's uh, I think what I, I, I learned from the past, right? I learned from the past mistakes I've seen other places and go, if we can find a way to be keep keep it meaningful and not get blocked into this corridor um i think that's like the the main objective you know when it comes to combat but anyway i could ramble about that forever honestly um gentlemen 
been a great show as always. Grim, I'm glad you could join us. Try to say Grim or Grimsforge because uh, I'm good with whatever. <laughs> you can call Grim's me Forge. Grim, Grimsforge, Grimmy. Is Grimmy work? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. <laughs> We're going to get away with it. a lot worse. <laughs> 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 I've got someone in chat named Grimmy too, which is funny. So it's like, you know, there's like several Grims in my Discord. I'm just like, damn it, dude, what's actual? <laughs> How can I significantly identify people different? Well, voices is one, friends. So, yeah, man, I really appreciate being here. It's a lot of fun having you on. I'm sure in the future I'll have to get you on again when we actually get into some places where we're testing these other things, other layers. Um, be great to get that perspective of somebody who may not be as dug in as deep with Ashes at that point. Um, but hey, you never know, right? Um, gentlemen, we'll let we'll let Grim go first. Can you shout out your domains where people can find you when you're not on the show or with the show? Uh, just yeah, Grimsforge Gaming on YouTube, and I do uh, teaser videos. I'm doing. I've probably leveled 120 characters on ESL, all in PvP. 90% of my time is in PvP. I'm learning where the curve is and everything for every class every play style every everything and so but grimsforge gaming on youtube i don't stream on twitch and then we have a discord where i do all the pvp training oh, so yeah. outstanding i really appreciate you coming on man it was good to have you on thanks thanks and, for the invite hell yeah of course and uh let's go with um Faisal, what is going on there you look like you're plotting something let's just get you out the way can you go in and shout out your domains what do you and, mean? and what's the hell's going on thanks for your raid before we started by the way that was great but also what do you what's this what's, never mind never mind uh, I'm, just, I'm just i'm just seeing that uh five ten minute break i know what that means you're gonna go stream ashes of creation and then i can go P pk you if i wanted to get at me bro <laughs> i'm afraid I ain't afraid. But unfortunately, PvP is off. Yes, exactly. You heard that threat in game, right, everybody? It's okay. I'm gonna get PK'd by who knows how many people the minute that thing gets turned on. It's fine. All right, Faisal. But anyway, do you want to shout out your domains where people can find you when you're not on the yes. show? Social yes. bunny, hop, hop, what? <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitch as Faisal108 and on Twitter as Bagel108. I do crazy things. Yeah, you do. Yeah, apparently you do them while you hop along, too. Speaking of hopping along, Daedalus, on to you, sir. All righty. You can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. And Half Tilt. Uh, you can find me right here on Twitch, Half Tilt Gamer, on Twitter at Half underscore Tilt. And all my Ashes content is being moved to my new YouTube channel that will be going up this week. That Ooh. is called tilted paradise and i'm just doing that to try and break out of my old uh games that i had on the old channel uh, and the algorithm impacts that that has so that's the reason for the move but same content it'll all be moving over and new stuff will be coming up there right and i gotta shout out when y'all remember when i had that moment where i was like i'm kind of switching things up and i'm like gonna split my stuff up and put things in different categories that was actually grim here who made that recommendation so that was that was this grim by the way so yeah i've been sharing that recommendation with other people and and i know half tilt i've talked to him about it and i myself have split everything up and it's one thing i think it does help if you're doing content creation and you're doing a lot of different things on one place it i can say through my own experience it is proven evident that if you split the stuff up, YouTube likes it better. And that's my parting words for any creators out there. Speaking of creators, ashesHQ.com is recruiting. 
members for its team, right? Cement your place in Ashes of Creation history, my friends. That's right. We've already got Half Tilt there, East Group there, myself, and plenty more in the near future. Friends, that's our show. We're going to see you again next Sunday, 5 p.m. CDT. If you're watching live, stay tuned. I'll be going, well, continuing to go live here shortly after for the rest of Alpha 1 testing for this weekend. Friends, might be the end of today's show, but as always, if you listen to this podcast, if you watch it on YouTube, if you're here when we're live, remember, you don't have to be on the round table to be a Pathfinder. You're part of the journey with us, right? Much love to all of you. Intrepid Studios. And until next week, my friends, walk in the light. Have a great night. We'll see you again real soon. Good night, everyone. Good night.